Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Buttery Buttery Hong Kong. Uh, I'm one of your co-hosts, Lauren Ritchie. And I'm Megan. And we are still a podcast, even though we haven't released an episode in about three months. In a hot minute. But what brought us back, Megan? Spoopy stuff. Yeah, so we're going to be honking about all the supernatural stuff today. I was about to say, is my stuff supernatural? And then I like looked at the news article and I saw Chinese astronaut and then I was like, Oh yeah, I remember what this is. <laughs> <laughs> I verified at least one of your stories. I'm hoping that you've done the research for the other two. Well, the other, <laughs> or the other couple. Well, one of them is a personal story, so I feel like the research is just like ingrained. Well, yeah, it's your lived experience. And the other one, I don't even think it's a real story, but it scared the shit out of me enough that I can like vividly remember it. Okay, which one you want to start with? Oh. I think we should start with a ghost story. I do like your ghost stories. I only have one. And, like, it was scary. And I don't know if it was a ghost or not. Well, we'll start with that, then. Right. Scare us. Uh, it's late right. at night. Let's get a spook fest going on. So I was 19, still living in Glasgow. Living in Glasgow again now. So it was the... Remember the flat that I had that was that had the upstairs? Yes, the one you with know the, the... the ants. Oh, wait, no, there is two ghost stories in this because a guy died in that flat. Well, there you go. Maybe maybe connected. Right, okay. So this flat apparently was quite haunted. All I knew was I felt strange in the hallway coming in. So, like, you came in, you went... There was, like, a hallway that like led up the stairs but like if you walked in you immediately if you turned right you were in a very large kitchen that went through to the living room if you were in the hallway and didn't go through to the kitchen and just kept on going straight on past the stairs you were in the living room again so it like did like a circle mm-hmm. and then you had the upstairs with all three bedrooms but like from that hallway to the living room and up a couple of the stairs like I'm thinking like it must have been, like, the first three stairs. Like, there was always, like, this weird tension. I can't really explain what kind of tension. It wasn't like it was sad. It wasn't like it was, Hello, lady. Thank you for the cuddle. She's, like, just plopped herself on me. Megan's um, puppy. Yeah. And we like each other today, which is always good. So it was, like, it was like the not the door from the kitchen to the living room, but the door from the hallway to the living room and the stairs always felt really really weird some nights well this is when I like lived by myself in that flat and uh, some nights I thought I'd hear like walking mm. and I was like well I just thought it was the heating half the yeah. time so I'd like just double check because me I always scare the shit out of myself in any living situation and always think somebody's in the house anyway just thought I was being over dramatic and being like, ha ha ha, there's a burglar in the house, like, come stab me. Like, that's genuinely how I feel. Like That is your time. life motto. <laughs> yeah. So, please don't know, because I quite value my life. I've got a dog. <laughs> so. Save the puppy. <laughs> <laughs> Save the puppy. She's cute. She is um, adorable. So... I mean, also save you. <laughs> <laughs> I got to be her mum. Um... So, like, I'd, like, go check downstairs, make sure nobody's in, double-check that I've definitely locked the door, which I used to do the minute I got in the house anyway. 
but I'd make sure because I was bottom floor I was like the corner one so like people would always pass like at really random times in the night and stuff like that nobody like chap on the windows or anything like that but the feeling that people could was weird Mm. so I'd always like check downstairs and then I'd be like okay no we're cool and then I'd go back up to bed and that'd be it um and then I had a flatmate move in and within like a couple of weeks um he said something really weird and I was I didn't take it in to begin with and it wasn't until like a lot later I was like oh that's that's freaky I used to wear this red cardigan all the time like it's an oversized cardigan it's got like a hood and it almost looks like it should be a robe but it's not it's just ni- it's just like 90s aesthetic completely like mummy grungy one of the pieces of clothing that I most associate you with <laughs> yeah and I didn't I only wore it for a year hmm. <laughs> I only wore it for a year and uh, like most that's people mental for it so everybody associated me with wearing it like I like yourself so he was in the kitchen one night and I have a thing I had a thing for that flat of staying up in my room just like constantly like I didn't like being in the living room at all if I had people around I stayed in the kitchen which mm-hmm. I probably think you noticed um just because I didn't like the feeling in the living room like I did it just didn't feel cozy like a living room should like I felt like it was a hotel like I felt like I shouldn't have ever been in that room um yeah it did have a weird kind of vibe atmosphere yeah yeah now that you mention it yeah, like, the kitchen felt fine, but the minute you went through to the living room, it was weird. Yeah. So I was up in my bedroom, and the flatmate called for me. And I was like, hiya! And I, like, popped my head out from my bedroom. He was like, oh, that's where you are. Okay. And I didn't pay any attention to the fact that he said that. I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just up there. And uh, it wasn't until, like, a lot later. It wasn't him that said it. It was the other person that was living with me that technically shouldn't have been living with me. When we were on like speaking terms about a year later and we were talking about this flatmate, she told me that he thought I was downstairs a lot of the time because Mm -hmm. he would see red paths in the living room. Mm -hmm. Like just somebody that was floating about like I did quite a bit because I couldn't stay still a lot of that time because I was so high on coffee like oh yeah the fresh pots here oh my god like I was shaking constantly like I could not calm down so no wonder you were a ball of anxiety (coughs) at least you don't have the the con uh, the the coffee well uh, (laughs) adulthood (laughs) isn't it I know don't have the stamina to keep up with it now so he just thought I was in the living room quite a bit when I wasn't. She told me, like, they'd done, like, a ton of, like, weird stuff. Well, not weird stuff, but, like, stuff in the house to, like... Because they knew that there was something weird going on in the spot. They got really ill, and they found out there was black mold in the house, like... And it was, like, everywhere, and it wouldn't stop growing. And I'd never had an issue in this flat. Like, never, nothing... I never got sick in that flat, nothing. Like... All that had happened was footsteps or like moving about, like creaking in the house. 
And I mean, it's, it wasn't one of those flats that was creaky anyway, just because of how it was built. Like, you could feel, like, the, the like, steel frame structure of it sometimes. Mm. Um, and I'll have to go into, like, the spooky parts to, like, connect it all together, like what happened to me. But I'd left that flat and they'd started noticing this weird stuff going on because that flatmate, he lived in a spooky house beforehand and was into a lot of, I would say dark shit in general anyway. So he he was very good at picking up on presences being in the Mm -hmm. house, like in any house that he's been in. Um, So he picked up on that and then this mould happened. Um, which I think they 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 got under control. I don't think it fully went, but I think they got it under control. And I remember her saying that at one point they played a brown with a fruit basket and put chalk marks around it. Ah, okay. Because they noticed every time that it was just it wasn't exactly where they remembered it was the last time. Uh-huh. So they put chalk around it and made sure neither of them touched it and it would always be, not in a different room or anything, but it wouldn't be exactly what it used to be. Hmm. Um, and I remember her saying that and I was like, what the fuck? What the actual fuck? Because I'd never had an issue. I'd never had an issue in that house. Um, well, except the scary thing. Um, which caused me to leave on top of just bad shit going on in my life but that was like the final straw um and it's probably why that happened which i'll now explain yeah i was always saying you're gonna (laughs) how how much you're gonna tease this megan (laughs) well i was like trying to like think like what else had happened that's why i was like uh was there i think there was i think there was just enough freaky stuff going on in that flat in general with them, but I don't think they, I, I, I think she missed out a lot of stuff because she was like, you were right, that place is scary as shit. But uh-huh. she didn't want to say any more than that because we weren't on talking terms, but she, enough talking terms to be like, that flat was creepy as fuck. I was still living it though. Like, I don't have an issue with it. Well, I mean, it was your flat, so. It was my flat, yeah. That they managed to kind of oust you from, but that's yeah. another story. Yeah, so, um, but you know, I, I, you know, in their story, I'd be the fucking villain, so, but I wouldn't even say nowadays we're the villain in my story, but, you know, um, bygones are bygones, Mm. so, you know, I'd, I'd still hang, I'd still hang out with her, like, if she was like, let's have coffee and just chat, I'd be like, yeah, sure, like, I have no ill towards either of them actually um that's good yeah that's how they to live probably are like fucking die bitch but you know fair enough um please well don't, don't. if you're bitter then only you can taste it unless it's chocolate oh well uh, again you're gonna have to try that enjoy like vegan chocolate is good yeah i really want that not gonna lie um so Right, coming back onto track. Yeah, so spooky, spooky. The reason I left that flat was because one night, well, shit had went down and things were getting super tense. I 
between me and him and her, but mostly him because he was being freaky as fuck in general. Like he, he knew to creep me out and there was one thing he did and he used to pretend he was a murderous Elmo. That's just weird. <laughs> Randomly, like whatever I was doing in the house, like he'd like start doing it or like he knew I'd already be in a panicky mode and do yeah. it. Um, but I think, I think if I remember this correctly, it was the same night where he came back in drunk with other college friends and like that's a whole that's a whole situation in itself but that night I did not feel safe at all in my own house in my own room and recently my lock on my bedroom because I had a lock on my bedroom that was there I didn't even add it there um I think all of them might have had a lock but I'm not entirely sure because I never really checked in the other rooms I barely cleaned in those rooms Maybe that's why there was mold. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> but like, I always aired them out and everything like that. Like, I did clean them, but like, not massively. Like, mm-hmm. not deep like, clean. Yeah, like never a deep clean. But like, the, there was never any cause for me to like do a deep clean in there because it never smelled like there was like you know sometimes you get like a smell of mold. Mm. Like there was never like that indication that there was stuff like that going on um but anyway my lock had broke that week and i couldn't lock my door i tried to try to like lift up the lock to like slide it into the like hole part on the other side tried everything wasn't working i was like fuck it i'll just close this door over i tried to go to sleep that night and i was quite restless just because of the situation and I'd finally got to sleep and I'd rolled onto my right hand side and it felt like my door had opened and I know it hadn't but it felt like it did. Mm-hmm. It felt like somebody walked into my room that was rather tall, lanky, almost slender manny like but like full on black. Uh-huh. Like, some people would say this is sleep, sleep paralysis, but I wasn't asleep. Like, I wasn't even close to falling asleep. And all of a sudden, I couldn't move. I could not move from being on my right-hand side. And it felt like... Uh, it felt like somebody had held down my face, like, jaw and, like, top of my head to scream into my ear. Now... I remember exactly what it said at that time, but when I like try to think back of it, it's like just like a it's just a scream, like it's like a high pitched like monster kind of sounding scream. You know, like the type like when you're playing like a zombie game. Mhm. It's almost like that kind of noise. I remember at the time when you told me the story, you said it said to get out, get out of this house, something like that. Yeah, like I remember that. Um. But it said like a handful of stuff. Ah, uh, you never said what else it had said. Yeah. But it was along those lines, anyway. Like, ugh. But I, c- I couldn't actually sleep on that side for about six months afterwards. Because I was convinced it was going to come back. God. It sounds um, terrifying, like. 
yeah I've, it's never happened since it's thank never... god but that's that's the night that i was like i totally believe in weird shit like i i don't glorify it i don't nothing like that absolutely not at all like mm-mm. Mm-mm. something was angry in that house that hadn't been angry before that night towards me i wonder if it was like protective over you no you sure no 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 absolutely not because the fact that absolutely not i I just Mm-mm. from my perspective from my perspective again you can refute this after but it's like nothing ever happened until those two started coming in and started disrespecting your space and that house mm. and then as soon as you left like it gave you an absolute fear and mm. it gave gives the, me and probably the listeners as well a fear in recounting that mm-hmm. but it was only after you left that things started getting like nasty yeah yeah but i feel like it had no cause for concern when i was there more than it protected me if that makes sense what i learned shortly after moving out was that somebody had died there yeah um and it turned out to be the landlady's father had died of a heart attack between the living room and the stairs so like he he he'd splayed out on the hallway floor mm-hmm. and the stairs so he died exactly where I felt uncomfortable. Yeah. Hmm. Now I would have loved to know what he was wearing that day, but I feel like it might have been red. <laughs> <laughs> because I just think that'd be weird for him not to be wearing red. Like I'm convinced he must have been. Yeah. Like I wish he red... wouldn't be able to know that. Like I feel like it was like a red jump. Like I genuinely think he must have been wearing a red jumper, you know, like a sweater jumper, mm-hmm. with a wee like white shirt and some form of like beigey trousers, you know, like stereotypical dad kind of vibe look. Mm-hmm. Like I, that's what I feel like he must have been wearing. Just wild, man. Yeah. I love a ghost story. Well, I don't. <laughs> not when you live it. <laughs> yeah, not when you live it. But like no. that, that. I love made... hearing them though. Yeah, but that made me really question a lot of shit because I didn't believe a lot of people with their like weird story, before, like weird ghost story beforehand. Because I was like, oh yeah, okay, cool, let's get this shit, and then it happens to you, and you're like, uh... especially like the the head being pushed down part mm. and and now unintelligible scream that I can hear still if I think mm. about it well, that kind of stuff doesn't leave you no but I can't remember what it said no not properly it was definitely in a foreign language like it wasn't huh. like a language that I know huh like like a known language it didn't sound like a known language was the landlord's um, relative? Glaswegian, mate. <laughs> okay, just straight up Glaswegian. Wait, I didn't think, like, 
a wee like screaming at you, like things for them. But my, um, it depends who you are. <laughs> I don't know. Like the closest I can like think of is like people like speaking in tongues. Mm. Like if you've ever been to like a Christian camp thing, where everybody is apparently getting like exercise and like speaking in like scary tongues and stuff oh, like that. Yeah. Like satanic. Mm. At least you've got Edie in the house to protect you. Well, I know. I know she's my familiar now. Wonderful. <laughs> she's like conked out and her arse is like up in the air. Oh. She's like really conked out in a strange position, which I've not seen in a very Yet. time. <laughs> Just a very long time. Like she like she was like proper puppy when she used to do that. Oh. And now she's like close to adult puppy. I know, she's going through puberty. Yeah, she's seven months. Which apparently is like meant to be like the month where like a lot of dogs start like their their season. Oh God! Um, and I don't season think... season of the witch and season of the pup. So I'm just I'm waiting for the day like she bleeds. I need I need to get her neutered, but I'm I'm not doing it until um her dad's home. Callum will come back and take her to the vet. Yeah, and we'll get her done because, because last time <laughs> yeah. you went to the vet with her. Oh yeah, even the vet apologised. <laughs> she had to get her uh, injections. And vac- yeah, vaccination. Yeah, just get them redone. She got the vaccine and she went from happy pup to most dramatic. <laughs> Dram- it was yeah. literally a not point three. Two thousand nineteen yeah. best actress nominee Edie. <laughs> like literally, it was like happy, like wanting to play and everything, and shit. The vet even got her like the smallest needle that like she could physically get. <laughs> it, went, it went in. She was all happy and everything as it was happening, and then, like the minute like it came out the skin, like she was like curled up like into like the smallest like ball. The ears were down. The tail was underneath the ass. Like you sent me a photo, <laughs> and it just looked like she was away to burst out into tears. <laughs> yeah, like. And, like, oh I had bless to, like, her! Carry her home and everything. Like it's like a twenty-five minute walk because I can't drive, so like yeah. it's a twenty-five minute carry her home basically, and then she couldn't move for six hours because she was in so much pain. Oh, <laughs> bless her heart! <laughs> it's just so dramatic. Whereas my other dogs have had vaccinations, and they and they're just like, yeah, this is cool, this is fine. <laughs> <laughs> Edie's a happen. diva though. Well, do you want to do a ghosty? I'm going to go another type of um, Halloween staple. (laughs) And I'm going to talk about Hikati from Greek mythology. Oh, wait a second. How I I read it and how I've just heard it. H-E-C-A-T-E. See, I always thought it was like Hikat. Hecat, um, I think that would be how you pronounce the Macbeth version of her. Because she's in Macbeth, she's one of the three witches. She's like the leader of the witches. I always thought it was Hesate. Hmm? I always thought it was Every time I read it that way, I've always thought it was Hesate. Ah, no. I think it's like Hecat you pronounce for Macbeth. Um, And the, the Greek mythology pronunciation is much contested. Like Hecate, Hecate, um, Hecate, you, it, it, you know. Like what? 
Hitachi. Yeah, it just like makes me think of Hitachi, and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a that's a different goddess. <laughs> the god of vibrations. Mm-hmm. The goddess of sexual earthquakes. <laughs> <laughs> Hikati is like one of the lesser known goddesses because she isn't necessarily an Olympian goddess, which is like the most. Hmm? The thing is, though, I always hear her name a lot. I always see, like, stuff about her. If I'm, like, looking up memes on Instagram, I always end up seeing that name around. It depends on which circles you go in, because Hikati is still really um, quite famous in witch circles. Oh, that's probably why. Mm-hmm. Like, Wiccans, occultists, witches, um, they all still worship Hikati. Yeah. Because she was goddess of, um, well, she was essentially goddess of witches and sorcery. And okay. She yeah. had, like, a lot of different roles. Um, she was said to have witnessed the abduction of Persephone. Um, remember Persephone? No. In um, Sharp Objects. Ama. Had oh, spoken about her. Yeah. yeah um, sure. Hmm? Tim Shaw. Tim Shaw. Yeah, from Doctor Who. Oh. We're not speaking the same language. <laughs> <coughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> um, anyone that doesn't know, like the whole myth of Persephone is that she was abducted by Hades and she ate a pomegranate in the underworld and the pomegranate is seen as the fruit of the dead. So she had to spend at least six months of the year down in the underworld because that was like the curse of anyone who eats a pomegranate no, is that you get like stuck to the underworld essentially. From eating a pomegranate? Mm-hmm. Again, it was fruit of the dead. Oh, which is like interesting because I know for like Psalms and stuff like that in Christianity, I don't know about probably Judaism too. Mm-hmm. I think they probably have psalms. I'm not entirely sure. I'm not Jewish. King David has a ton of psalms about pomegranates. Ah, that's like, interesting. Like, like they are like jewels. Mm. Like they're described as jewels. So that's I think that's interesting from it going from Greek to Christianity. How mm-hmm. like different it is. But I also think of pomegranates now as a Belinda Blink thing. Oh, yeah. Because said pomegranates, and my head instantly went to her tits hung like pomegranates. Oh, what a beautiful, beautiful line. Segue. Oh, um... Sorry, sorry. It's like completely ruined the fact that you're like doing something interesting. I'm like, her tits hung like pomegranates. I mean, that is the most interesting line in literature. That and uh, it's Rebecca Vardy's account. <laughs> like the two iconic lines <laughs> but um like persephone um that was the whole the whole myth was essentially the greeks describing why we have seasons so in spring and summer um demeter who looks after the land is united with her daughter persephone and she's happy and she tends to the earth but when it turns to like autumn and winter, her daughter goes down to underworld to you know serve half of the year, mm. on you know in the underworld, and she mm-hmm. goes into grief and she abandons her duties, and that's why you know all of the the leaves fall from the trees and the earth kind of stops 
producing things. Because she gives up. She gives up until she's reunited with Persephone. Every year. Every year, again, there's like seasons. That's how they describe the seasons. So basically, she just goes through a period of sad every year. (laughs) Yes, Demeter has SED. And she causes it for all the humans as well. Thanks very much, Hen. Yeah, well, you can blame Hades and uh, Zeus, because Zeus gives away... Of course it's Zeus. Zeus is like the... You can blame Zeus for everything that goes wrong in Greek mythology. Yeah, definitely. Just has sex with all the women and brings about pain and destruction. I'm not going to say it. No, (laughs) we all know. (laughs) But um, Hecate is able to pass through to the underworld unharmed. So she gave um, Demeter, Persephone's mother, a hand in searching for her. And when she found Persephone in the underworld, like doomed to live half of her life there, Hecate did her best to try to comfort her. Mm. And Hecate, like, it depends on the depiction because sometimes she can be seen as like quite evil and you can still find um, cursed tablets from ancient Greece with like witches who were essentially trying to curse people and they were calling upon Hecate to help curse the people that had done them wrong. Ooh. But at the same time, she like, can tea be... Has been oh, yeah. <laughs> Literally, like ancient tea has been ancient spilt. Ancient tea has been spilt, yes. <laughs> But at the same time, she can be seen as someone who tries to comfort the dead and when they first arrive in the underworld. So you can have like quite a compassionate person, um, or quite like a ruthless goddess at the same time. I mean, get your woman who can do both. Yes, she's a very versatile goddess. Definitely better than the goddess of tits and wine. Like, <coughs> I mean, that is Belinda. <laughs> if I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she can be well, she's often depicted as a three headed woman because she was said to be able to simultaneously see into the past, the present and the future. Oh. And she's amazing as well because she's not really known to have any offspring or like a husband or anything, but she does have f- familiars. Okay. So she can be seen with um, a black dog by her side who is said to be Hikabi, who was a Trojan queen who had thrown herself into the sea after the fall of Troy. Mm. Um, There was a cat that was beside her and it was meant to be um, Galianthius? Galianthius. I don't don't know. She was a midwife who attempted to interfere in the birth of um, Heracles on Hera's behalf because... Again, Zeus was the worst, and he kept having sex with women, getting them pregnant, and Hera was his wife. Did he and not he... know about condoms? Um, no, because he was a god. So anytime a god has sex with a human, they're just gonna they're gonna give birth to a daughter or a son or oh, something. God, yeah, oh, I would not take chances with that at all. I mean, if Zeus wanted to sleep with you, he would. I'm not turning into cow for no one. Like, I'm already here by myself. <laughs> I, lo- I love that myth so much. <laughs> it's my favourite myth. <laughs> I was about to say, I was about to ask you about, so because you said the three-headedness, does that have anything to do with the three-headed dog that's in Harry Potter? Um, 
I think the three-headed dog in Harry Potter would be uh, a nod to Cerberus, who was... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Hades' his dog. Yeah, okay. Um, but... Because you said the three-headedness, I was like, oh, maybe it's to do with that. I, I think some myths kind of depict that as a an early form of Hecate. Yeah. Which, you know, it just depends on the myths, because sometimes people yeah, have slightly... Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and you know what? There's a day coming up to actually honour the goddess soon. So if you want to um, honour Hecate, you can, um, you know, do so on November 30th. Oh. And you know what is apparently, like, a good way to honour her? You're going to love this. Have a bath. Uh, I would love that, but no, adopt a dog. Too late. Well, you you did get a dog. Yeah. But... I don't need another one right now. <laughs> I was always say you could. <laughs> I don't want to. Like, nobody told me it was going to be this difficult to raise a dog. No one told you life was going to be this way. Yeah. Like, she's really made me rethink about having kids soon. I Good. wasn't going to... An- <laughs> I wasn't going to anyway. But, like... It's got to the point where I'm like, I, I want to be at least 34. Good. That sounds like a good age. And even then, I'm like... <sighs> you still have but much then, life to live. But then humans don't age as quickly as dogs do. So technically, I'd have years to wait until that horrible phase. Whereas a dog does it in seven months. Precisely. This is why dogs are better than humans. Yeah, that's true. But it said that if you can hear dog barking um, when you're performing a ritual and you're worshipping Hikati, that means that she's around. She's in her presence. I was about to say, when I go for shit and I leave the door open. <laughs> and Hikati is there with you. <laughs> like, it's like, because I can't close the door because Edie cries. Oh. But she'll cry anyway because she wants to see what I've done in the toilet. So, so like, weird. So, like, so my dog cries anyway, so is that technically a form of worship? So I can't <laughs> no, it's when you're... Are you worshipping a Greek goddess when you go to the toilet, Megan? Think, think carefully before you answer. <laughs> How can you not know? <laughs> I know when I'm worshipping a god. <laughs> what? Is this always where it goes back to? <laughs> oh God! I'm... 
I feel like you're Persephone, but instead of the underworld, you're spent like half your life in a toilet. <laughs> it's not even funny. Like, if I can, I use the toilet. It's, it's too bad. <laughs> I'm like crying. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, like. Like I fell over, like I was like. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, Hikati's gonna be there in the underworld to help guide you through and comfort you when you die, and you're just gonna be like, "I prayed to you when I was on the toilet." <laughs> I think I don't know for sure. Like even Edie's like sitting on me, be like, "Are you okay?" No, it's Are quite you- clear you're not. <laughs> I think this is you. I think we have to. I think we have to cut the pull a plug on this episode. No, please don't be so scary. So everybody knows. Her tongue's up my nose. Oh, that was lovely. Okay, I think we're done now. Thank you for calming me down. Oh, oh, that's too much tongue. That's too much tongue. Oh, okay, I'm okay. I'm okay. I think Thank you. <laughs> Stop it, Edie. That was too much now. I'm fine. <laughs> 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 okay, I'm scared to say anything now. Edie, I'm, I swear I'm okay, Edie. Thank you. Thank you. Right, after that. <laughs> That's okay. I genuinely don't know how I will cut around that. I genuinely have no idea. I might just have to keep in. I think at least four minutes of... <laughs> Manic laughing. Last fact about Hikati is that she was like seen as a guardian of the crossroads because again she was depicted as like a three headed kind of woman. Yeah. Um, so it was meant to be like you straight ahead, left, right. So at crossroads people would honour Hikati by leaving food and lighting torches. And it was meant to be her helping travellers along the way. The issue there is when everybody puts out each corner of the crossroads. Because where'd you go? Yeah. But then she would help guide you, supposedly. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's why you would do it. But then I was thinking, like, that must have been, like, Google Maps of its day. But then, obviously, one person would be wanting to go to this place, and then another person would be going to that place, so it wouldn't be, like, a one... That's one person would yeah want to go left and one person would want to go right. You know what I mean? Times have changed. I mean, I mean we're still all wanting to go different places. <laughs> it has not changed. Yeah, true, but we didn't have to like put lights at crossroads. 
yeah. I mean, it was just honouring the the gods of the time, which is now honouring celebrities and public figures. Oh, God. And we still do that. There we go. That's some facts about the little uh, goddess witch. So. I'm so sorry I heard that. <laughs> right, tell us your other story. So, ages and ages and ages ago, I think I must have heard it like on a conspiracy thing. Mm-hmm. I'm big on them. Megan's family loves conspiracies. <sighs> like, like I like listening to them, but I know they're not. I know people. I know for a fact that it's something that's a rumor or an idea that's been taken too far. Mm-hmm. What was uh, Hazel's favorite conspiracy about the the sun? Nibiru. Nibiru. That's so. Apparently, there was a second sun behind the first sun, but you couldn't see it because it was always hidden by the first sun. Mm-hmm. And also, because you're not meant to look at the sun because it's the sun. But it just turned out that it's like the light lens flare mm-hmm. on your phone when you put your phone up to the... Which makes the most sense to me because mm-hmm. you see it in films. Like, you see, like, that flare and everything. Like, people, like, love that aesthetic. But my my mum was, like, convinced about Nibiru for about... I want to say a good six months. I feel like it was a couple of years. No, it was definitely six no. months. Okay. But then we took the piss out of it. Ah, okay, yeah. For a couple of years. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. like she just kept on like playing along but she was like, Oh god, they've caught me out. Yeah. That kind of thing. <laughs> right. So really big on to conspiracy theories. And I can't remember if we I heard this one. And I think it must have been like in a whole like alien one anyway, like when I first started getting into them with like men in black and stuff like that. So this I didn't even know what year it happened, so thankfully I've looked this up. So Megan did research, guys. I'm proud of her. I know, I looked up one source. It was literally two minutes before we started recording, but I am still proud of her. Yeah, you were like, uh, maybe you should just quickly check this out. (laughs) Because you were like, I I think I might uh, research it, you know, during the podcast. I'm like, no, do it now. (laughs) So all I did was type in cosmonaut knocking on the window. Yeah. That's I have I 14 it. pages of research. <laughs> Cosmonaut knocking on the window. That's, that's as much as I did. So in 2003, I want to be able to say his name, but I'm not going to because it's just going to be a bad pronunciation and I'd more rather just not say it. Spell it out. Y-A-N-G-L-I-W-E-I. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if I'm... anyone wants to look up more about it, that's the pronunciation for you. Yeah. But basically, if you just type in Chinese astronaut knocking on window, you'll hear it. You'll get it. Mm-hmm. Um, so in 2003, on the first Chinese man in space, on his maiden flight in 2003, um, he heard knocking on the spaceship and he didn't know whether or not it was inside or not. Now, I think from that time, from what I remember hearing from somewhere else, because I'm not seeing it here on BBC, um, I think he reported it in and someone told him, don't look out. I feel like it was a really famous astronaut that said, 
don't look out the window. Mm. I don't. I don't know if this part's true or not. I think he did. I think somebody else had looked out the window and said they saw themselves out there. Yeah, begging to be like let into the ship, right? Yeah, and they didn't know which one was the real one. Mm. That freaks me out. That freaks me out. Mm-hmm. It's a great so, story. Yeah. Now, from what it says on this article, it says he recalled someone knocking on the body of the spaceship just as knocking on an iron bucket with a wooden hammer. How mm-hmm. specific is that? An iron bucket with a wooden hammer. And he said that he practiced he tried to recreate the sound and that's as close as he got to it. Huh. He's never figured out what it was, but he's never been able to recreate it so experts can identify it with him. Hmm. I love alien stories. Yeah, like, they, oh, there has to be, like, something out there. Like, there's no way that we can be the only planet with things on it i remember reading like this absolutely fascinating article about life in the universe and it was like i wish i could remember much more about it than i actually do but Mm. they were just kind of describing like what what does it mean if we're the only ones that have kind of created sentient life and and um there was like a step, like a ladder thing, and like people would like hit off the mm-hmm. wall and die. Yeah, I think we both watched that. It, it was like wait, wait, but why? I think it's called. It was like a newsletter. Mm-hmm. I read it on. Oh, see, I think I watched the YouTube video of it. Maybe, maybe they do have a YouTube um page as well. If I find it, I'll put it on the honk uh, Twitter. Mm-hmm. But. It was like something that, like, like a veil, or sent essentially like a seat or a ceiling that stopped people, or well, stopped creatures from being able to hit the sentient point of life. Mm. And it's like, what happens if we're the only ones that have reached that, and like, what the, you know, the consequences for the universe is if that's the case, or more terrifyingly, like, what happens if we're just like part of it and why is it that we haven't met anyone else in the universe like us why haven't that's they reached out that's some spoopy shit yeah like, because they're saying me. humanity has been sending out waves asking aliens to contact us and it's yeah like, and like we've given like the secret to humans yeah and it's like we've given them all the information about us and apparently uh-huh. they have had a reply Oh, I haven't heard that. Yeah. Because they say, like, what happens if the reason that we haven't heard about any other intelligent life in the universe is because they know that there's a threat out there that they need to be silent in order to evade? Maybe they're like, oh, God, it's the human level. They're like, it's all right, they're a virus. They'll, like, kill themselves out soon. Mm, that's also the thing is like they are so much more intelligent than us and they don't see are us as and you know like cosmic neighbors essentially yeah and until we reach a certain point we won't hear from You're these back. beings yeah which is also you know it's, it's I, I, um, says it, I wish i could remember more about it it was fascinating 
Yeah, I think I realized why I remember watching that video, and it's mm. because of my dissertation. Ah, yes. Which famous everything always comes back to. It is like the biggest part of your like education career, though. Yeah, but what I never got to do because nobody believed in me enough. Not even myself. I believed in you. I feel like if I was to do it now, I'd be like, hell yeah. But like no, like I didn't know how I was answering it. I didn't know mm. what I was doing. I just knew I had an idea, and nobody helped me come to the realization that I wanted it to be. Mm. Probably turns out it should have been a PhD. Yeah, it kind of had that scale. Yeah, Mama doesn't know how to scale. N- no, Mama doesn't. But let me see what else it says on the. Oh. In 1969, a test flight for the moon landing mission orbited the moon, and on the far side, while cut off from radio contact with the Earth, the astronauts heard a strange sound they couldn't explain, which I remember hearing. Mm-hmm. <coughs> About. What I want to know, which I still think is along the lines of it being spoopy, why have we never properly returned to the moon? Why are we now going to Mars? I don't know. I think it's just that kind of drive for humanity to do something that hasn't been done before. Or to do it better or faster. Or... That's true, but would you not think that we would still be constantly going to the moon? I don't know. That's just, that's always been like a scary thing for me. Like, mm-hmm. why have we not went back? What has caused us to not go back? Except, obviously, moving on. But why... I would have thought there would have been so much more tests, like carried out on it. Like you know, we, you know, us humans like to get up to some weird shit. Expect, mm. like, how far could a golf ball travel from the moon to Earth? Like, how quickly could it go? That would be deadly, <laughs> absolutely deadly. Well, if you think about like how many like comets and stuff like go through like our atmosphere, like yeah. a golf ball would like disintegrated. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But if like you could like see it like disappear in front of your eyes like before it like even hit Earth, you'd be like, ooh, that's cool. Aren't they going back to the moon with like some of the um oh god, what do you call it? Like cosmic tourism or Well they've been space that for, tourism. They've been seeing that for years now. Um it is super expensive though. Yeah, because I remember I remember how old was it I mean I don't know, I feel like it was around like the Katy Perry era where like she's actually like, cool. <laughs> Oh, I love that that is like a period in human history. You know, the Dark Ages, the Renaissance, the Katy Perry era. <laughs> but I feel like it was around that time. <laughs> like, Teenage dream. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. I just feel like the Katy Perry, like Russell Brand thing going on. Like, I don't. Well, obviously, like, they were, like, together. But I don't know why they think so. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Maybe it's because it was all on the news at the same time. I, can, I remember on the news anyway that they were seriously considering, like, Virgin were seriously considering having, like, shuttles that, like, like would, like, ping off from, like, airplanes and then, like, go and, like, ride the atmosphere, kind of. So you could see, you could see space. Yeah. 
and then but I was like oh fuck that's gonna be cool like when I'm like in my 30s and like be able to do that but nothing's ever came of it since so nice hold, idea hold on because I am on the Virgin Galactic website which is the name for the Virgin like space program <laughs> does it say Katy Perry either <laughs> no I don't I don't hear E.T. by Katy Perry playing in the background which is a missed opportunity. Definitely. Ha. See, this is um from a web page on space.com. It says, will Virgin Galactic ever fly? Virgin no. Galactic is planning to carry space tourists on suborbital flights for $250,000 a piece. And he was, uh, Richard Branson was wanting to take his own first flight on July 16th, 2019 to commemorate the 50th anniversary of the launch of Apollo. So did it happen? I'm trying to figure that out. I don't think it did. I don't I think like so that either. Would be, I feel like that must have been like a... If the fact that he said that he would do that, like there must oh. have been like severe health and well-being safeties. For him to not do it. Right. It said... The project carried a third person as a passenger in February 2019 when a member of the team sat and floated within the cabin during a flight that reached 89.9 kilometres. Not quite the same. No. Yeah, no, that wasn't really broadcast. Nah, because it wasn't, it wasn't really properly. It wasn't like a passenger that paid to be on it. It was a member of the team. Yeah, but still, I'd love to hear about that. Like, not like have to like go out of my way to find out about it. People aren't that impressed about space anymore. That's the bottom line. Yeah, that's true. And Remember that's when true there was like the photo of the um, black hole earlier this year? Yes. For the like, one well, like a spicy donut. Yeah, <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> like, I mean, like a spicy onion drink or something like that. Like spicy, spicy donut. Yeah, sure. Well, anything that's like a hole in it, like that, and looks yeah. spicy. Yeah, but it was like big news for one day, and then people had moved on. I was doing another bit of research today for the episode all mm-hmm. about the history of horror horror films. Mm-hmm. So, and like a lot of them don't, don't a lot of them lead back to like this one serial killer in particular. The what one? Um like for like horror films in general. So um I think Nightmare on Elm Street definitely Chainsaw Massacre and I think what does it go back to though? This one scene oh, really? that ah. has an obsession with. Well, he lived with his mother. Sorry, I'm like ruining your story. That's um, okay. I, I, I hadn't heard of this. I definitely know Texas Chainsaw is one of them. Maybe Friday the 13th. Basically, anything that involves skin. No, Silence of the Lambs must be because he says he put put mm-hmm. the lotion on its skin. Yeah, no, so that must be. But it goes all back to this one murderer who 
lived with his mum and it was like an obsession. Like he hated her, but he had to live with her. And And maybe psycho as well? Maybe. And she, because I don't really watch horror because like I'm not good with it. Mm, Um, Same. Like, it does I, research on it because <laughs> I, I like feel like somebody must be in the house and you know mm-hmm. I don't want to get screamed at your end I don't absolutely not um, but he I can't remember his mum died and then somehow he killed a lot of women and like took parts of their skin and made a women's full body suit oh wow and like drank like out of like skulls and stuff like that jeez if i think that i don't know if that part's correct but i think it must be like he was like super weird like this but like a lot of things were made out of skin in this house like there was like bits of dead body all over the place but the thing i remember most was this suit and he would put it on and then yeah. look at himself in the mirror with it on well that's horrifying yeah I can see why it would uh, impact quite a lot of horror films if that's the case yeah I mean like that's a lot of material like not just like the human skin but like him in general yeah jeez yeah gross huh but it's because we had like had such like a deep hatred for his mum but like he felt like he couldn't leave the situation. Mm. Wow. You're welcome. Yeah, that's thank you for that. So. Wow. Yeah, it says well, I never heard of that one. Edward Theodore Gein, G-E-I-N. G-E-I-N, okay. Um, born 27th of August. He had to be a Leo. <laughs> and then died in July so I mean he kept to the Leo theme like completely yeah he, he was known as the butcher of Plainfield or the Plainfield ghoul oh god was an American murderer and body snatcher yeah literally when you type it in it says which serial colour wore skin ah wonderful yes it did inspire Psycho mm-hmm. I thought so it sounded very similar to Psycho you only confessed to two murders, so but like, how would you like make a skin suit out of like two people? Yeah, even Cruella Deville needed a hundred and one puppies. Did you know that Psycho, like, because it's still kind of heralded as like one of the best horror films, but did you know that Hitchcock only meant it to be like a little summer flick for the teens? Nope. It was only meant to be this, like, you know, fun little spooky story, and, you know, it just ended up getting so much more acclaim than he'd ever assumed it would get. Mm. Um, it took, like, seven days to film the shower scene. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, it was just mental. So well done. Do you know when the first horror film was uh, f- created? Probably really shortly after um, all the, like, Charlie Chaplin stuff, I'd assume. When was that kind of stuff? It must be, like, early... I wouldn't say war era, so probably about 1923. 1896. 
Well, I'm off. I am off. <laughs> it was um, George Melise, M E L I E S. Mm. And he was like a visionary filmmaker who created um, techniques such as like double exposure, substitution splices, stop motion, and painting color onto film to kind of tint it because obviously it was only black and white back yeah. then. Yeah. He has the nickname of the father of special effects. Oh, that's cool. And his uh, horror film, you know, the first one, was uh, The Haunted Castle. And it's just this, like, really simple, maybe, like, five-minute-long piece about a man at a cauldron. And, like, you know, it's you know what? You watch it, and it still holds up. It is really nicely put together. George Malay. George. M-E-L-I-E-S. He's the I guy... I can't spell George. <laughs> just george i've spelled gorge gorge gorgeous <laughs> it's like the guy that created you know the the moon with the telescope in its face it's like a really famous piece of like early cinema oh i've typed in george miles what is nope. going on you are a mess <laughs> malise m-e-l-i-e-s Malays or whatever. Oh, him! Yeah, Trip to the Moon, I think, is probably his most famous one. Because I always thought they um, based some of his stuff, like in The Wizard of Oz. Maybe. Because I mean, he was I'm, really influential. Yeah. But a cool person. Like, and it definitely holds up a It was lot. just amazing yeah. to see what people were creating like even in the really early days of filmmaking yeah people were like balls to the wall like going for it yeah i mean like stop motion and like splicing especially when you're kind of you're kind of limited when it comes to film because obviously digital is just kind of come in and you can do absolutely anything with it but yeah it was just it was interesting because obviously when it was theater you couldn't you couldn't create all these like magical kind of effects, or back then you couldn't. Um, well, back then you'd be very limited to what you could do. So film, if you were clever in how you used it, you'd be able to create a lot more supernatural effects than you can live in the theater. Yes, but you yeah you have to use a lot of um, suspend in your belief. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Absolutely. you can still you can still technically get away with a lot theater but you that's true you know that it's a trickery mm-hmm. whereas film it literally is a trickery and you're watching it and you're like eh, eh. but like you're completely like <gasps> i would have loved to go back and see people reacting to that film for the first time oh, um, the haunted like, castle like yeah getting a yeah. torch like because it was when um like one of the first pieces of um cinema or well film was the train coming into the station and audiences were actually like, reacting as if a train was going to run them over because they'd just never seen anything like this before. That's mental. So imagine them like watching essentially witchcraft. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh, they'd be screaming. Oh yeah, they'd be definitely like getting a priest in and everything like that. But moving on like a couple of decades, there was this like really infamous um, movement in cinema called German Expressionism. Oh, our favourite. Oh, love it. Um, and Nosferatu by F.W. Murnau. I've seen um, it. It's so good, isn't it? Yeah, and I've also watched... Um... Cabinet of 
Caligari. Can't remember. I mean, that's one of the most like famous pieces as well. I think I've also. Um, what was the other one? Oh, Faust. I really can't remember the name of it now. Maybe I'm like, maybe it was Nosferatu. Well, maybe it was Dracula. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. Mm. But maybe. it looks like it should be of the time period as well. Mm-hmm. But I think it might. I think it was a bit earlier than that. Not honestly. Um, Nosferatu was in the twenties. Yeah. 1920s mm-hmm. it was um like the entire movement only lasted 10 years yeah it was like such an influential period and it influenced obviously like tim burton and that but also like the entire film noir movement probably wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for german expressionism yeah yeah um but piranha films who was the production company that created nosferatu they were going to create like a lot more occult films based on literature but they went bankrupt after nosferatu because uh, stoker's wife sued them in a copyright battle um because nosferatu was so deeply plagiarizing um dracula yeah so they had to burn all of the copies of the film but one survived because it had already been released Mm-hmm. Um, and it just gets sub- subsequently it was copied and that's how we've still got it today that's quite cool mm-hmm. it shouldn't exist but yeah, it thankfully exist. It, it, it thankfully does. does what was I about to say with German expressionism wasn't it wasn't it used eventually as propaganda to begin with they'd lost their like sense of um, national identity and you know I think some people did go really deep into that with like horror in that in German expressionist movement. They wanted to move away from reality and they wanted to depict the national struggle through imagery and metaphor. Mm-hmm. So that's why you have like so much um, terms of like the occult that's getting mm-hmm. talked about like front and center. Mm-hmm. Um, and also these like very like deep dark shadows that they were like physically painting onto the set. Mm-hmm. It is where oh, you've got such that. striking cinem- like cinematography. It's, it's beautiful. stunning. Oh, it's beautiful. gorgeous. It's gorgeous. If you're moving on from like German Expressionism, the 1930s in America, that was probably one of the the first full-length films, like horror films, was mm-hmm. Dracula. And mm-hmm. like one of the first horror stars in Bella Lugasi, who was playing Dracula. And that was like a eighty-five minute long film. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure, like, I'm, I'm sure I've watched it purely because probably still a classic. Purely because our angry game game nerd complained about it so much. <laughs> You're like, I'm gonna watch this. Yeah, because there's like bits set wise. They put cardboard and stuff around the lights so it was hit off an actor correctly. Ah. But then in other shots, it'd be the other way around <laughs> and stuff like that. Like, there okay. was like, And I'm sure that actor played Dracula so many times and wasn't getting paid oh, wow. correctly. Okay. And like, like, he was like so burned out, but I think he couldn't get any other work except being Dracula because everybody mm-hmm. assumed that he was Dracula. Yeah, but I I'm think sure he was typecast. There was, there was something to do with like a skeleton in one of them. I think it must be in Dracula, and it's like sitting perched, and it's red, like it's been painted red, oh. like the costume on it, and that's like one of the first times that you, from what I remember listening to, is like one of the first times that like 
a lot of people saw colour in ah. film. But As opposed right. to just like the tinting of the film, like it was actually fit frame by frame, like painted. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Oh yeah. wow, that's fascinating. But it's, I mean, it's a very it's it's not like front and center of the shot. If nobody would point that out to me, I would have not ever paid attention. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. So. Was... No, it's okay. Be spooky, and I'm like. Oh, you miss red thing. No, no, no. That's that's <laughs> genuinely fascinating. I've never heard of that one. Maybe if I decided um instead of just like two hours before the podcast to like try to quickly learn about history of uh, horror, I would have learned that. But no, thank you for that. Me, I typed in. Cause yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have we both have different versions of research. Like I'm, I do like intensive research for like acting. Yeah, but like I, I, I like the fact that you like go out of your way to like find stuff out. And I'm, I love learning. <laughs> I don't mind learning. I don't mind at all. I love it. I, I, I like, I like hearing what you come come out with because I feel like if we both did it, it would take a long time. Yeah, I mean we are an hour and a half, but I think half of it has been just you laughing hysterically <laughs> i am so glad i'm over that oh me I'm too so glad because i was worried at one point that i'd like laugh myself to sleep i was worried they were gonna laugh yourself to death <laughs> oh no that's what I, like i think i'm more rather like, not more rather but i think my body more rather like choked right now to death oh wow wonderful i know Right, there was, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, it's this really famous film called Freaks. No. No? Right, it has like a bit of a, a cult status. It was banned in the UK for 30 years. And That's a woman, probably why. Yeah, a woman had, was, um, a woman had tried to sue MGM, the production company, because the screening had supposedly caused her to miscarry because it was so shocking. Oh! Yeah, now that you say that, I'm like, oh, that rings a bell. Mm-hmm. It's um the first, like, the director's cut, essentially. It never got to cinemas, or it, do- it, ha- it doesn't last... Well, I don't know, it, it hasn't lasted the years. Like, the amount of um, censorship, especially in America, it just means that the original version has completely been lost to time. That's a shame. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, like, quite a lot of, especially horror films, like, Film history is not being very well archived because mm. I think there was a fire in Warner Brothers Studios mm-hmm. and it just mm-hmm. meant that so many films were lost and we just yeah. will never get them back again. They're just lost to time. Yeah, because it was all on reels, which we think, oh, maybe I should back them up. Which nowadays makes sense, but I suppose back when it was just physical media... Yeah, because it would look different each time. Like, you redid it. Like, put it onto another reel, I guess. Yeah. Um, what was it? I don't know if you'll want to cut this out or not, but um, I recently watched... You know, like, Vogue's been doing this thing recently where they get the actor and, like, do, like, a timeline of their career. Oh, interesting. So Jessica Lang was one, because you said... <gasps> Wonderful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she went to the MGM studios because they flew it out because they were thinking about casting her for King Kong. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and she went there and basically the first people the first group of people said no and then she just sat there and then everybody else ended up saying yeah so she thought that she went there and they just flew her out for the courtesy which they did and then they were like oh maybe we should just cast her wow yeah it's, she says it way more interesting, like way more like Jessica Lang style. Yeah, but I don't She's know if she wants to cut name. out or not. But highly, hmm. highly recommend watching that purely for MGM. And she was like, MGM was like the thing, like was like the pinnacle of acting, like for her. Mm-hmm. But then those kind of studios were back then. It's like Netflix today. For yeah. a lot. It was just like a a little conveyor belt of films, though. Wasn't it? Yeah, well, well, more than anything, you got like a contract. So yeah. A certain amount of years that you had with them, and a certain amount of films you had to do with mm-hmm. them, and you had to be on a contract mm-hmm. to work with any studio, and you couldn't work for another studio in between. I oh, I love Hollywood history. I love it. Very interesting. That's why like, I wish I bought the book uh, Castle and Sunset so I could give it to you to read. But I just have the audiobook. But it's very good. It's all about mm. Chateau Mermont for anyone who hasn't been subjected to all of my social media posts about it the past three days. I like tried to explain it to Calm and I was like, So Lauren's been sending me this thing and I was like, <laughs> the thing I just paragraphs of the thing. I was like and when I read it I'm like, Oh that hey, that's really cool and I was like, But fuck knows why what what she sent <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, they're just like he totally... was like, Do you know what it is? And I was like, uh no. It's like Chateau Marmont was like the umbrella <coughs> for all of these stories and then there's like little, you know, pieces of Hollywood history. Mm. It's it's essentially giving you like a an education on Hollywood history because it goes straight from like, you know, the silent era and then as um Hollywood goes into the talkies and method acting comes in and you know the changing just the changing atmosphere of Hollywood as the Hayes Code kind of dies out and you get more like Rebel Without a Cause kind of films and mm-hmm. it's just it's so interesting it's really oh it's fascinating I, w- I would I could just turn that into an entire podcast but I won't I won't <laughs> we're already sitting there like an hour and a half so I think there was like an interesting theory that horror films kind of depict society's fears and over the years obviously the the nature of horror has changed to match society's innermost struggles so the innermost fear currently is being a teenager in your underwear and getting stabbed i mean i would say maybe in the 2000s oh yeah that was definitely it so now I'm thinking of a scary movie. Right? Yeah. <laughs> what? Ah, babies. So film scholars think that you know, early 1900s and stuff, people were scared of like death and illness, and it was before you know the advent of modern medicine. So that was like the forefront of their mind. So like, essentially, like you know, monster films, and that was just you know base fear. I'm gonna <laughs> die. And that's what that kind of grappled with. Mm-hmm. And then as we went into like the 1940s to 1960s, it was like the fear of atomic war and invasion from the others. Um, oh, so, have you seen that? What? Um, invasion of the body snatchers. Um, the, the one with the alien spaceship. <laughs> 
I don't know if is is that <laughs> is that narrowing it down? <laughs> There's a lot yeah. of alien films. Oh, I remember watching it as well. And I was like, oh, it's black and white. It wasn't War of the Worlds, but it could have been. It might have been. It might. It sounds quite like it. But I just remember this really cool alien spaceship. Okay. And somebody Good. walking out of it. Sorry. Cool. <laughs> that narrows it down. <laughs> I'm ill and I don't like. I haven't talked to like people properly in a while. <laughs> so, 1970s, it turned into the fear of the family unit, like the Omen, the Exorcist, and stuff. As we go into like the 1970s and 1980s, we've got like the rise of the slasher film era, and that mm. was because the Hayes Code had fallen in, I think, like the mid 60s, and it meant that films were able to get away with like explicit violence and sexual content and stuff Mm. so it meant that they could actually produce those kind of horror films in a way that they couldn't really produce in the decades prior Mm. and then as we get into like the 1990s and the early 2000s we start to parody the horror film genre Mm. but we also have like different versions of it so if we have like actual horror we've got like the lo-fi kind of horror which is like Blair Witch Project Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've got torture porn, which is like Saw and Hostel, and we're still trying to push after like the Hayes Code kind of ending. We're just kind of trying to push the the audiences to the maximum in terms mm. of gore. Um, but in two thousand tens, I think it's like more been focused on the horror that's in society. So we've got like Us and Get Out being probably two of the most forefront horrors of the. I still the, haven't seen them, but I, it's just because I. I... I thought about it and then I was like, mm, maybe not. Fair enough. I mean, our friend Kate, when we went to see us in um, Amsterdam, she it finished and me and Eleanor were like, oh yeah, that was good. And Kate was just like, that was pure dust. <laughs> and I was like, I've never, oh. I've never, I've never heard a film being described as dust. <laughs> oh, I was gonna, I was gonna add on to like the whole um, thing with like it from about. When did um, Indiana Jones come out? Ooh. Um, because that... 80s? Imp- I thought it was like early, late 80s, early 90s anyway. Yeah, because it was after... I think it was after Star Wars, wasn't it? Yeah, it's definitely after Star Wars, yeah. All of the Star Wars? It's definitely after A New Hope. I think it was in between I'm Empire and... That. Whatever the third one's called, because... They've just completely revenge of the myth. I was about to say revenge of the myth. <laughs> <laughs> That's the the Greek mythology version of Star Wars, and I'm into it. <laughs> Return of the Jedi. What? Nineteen eighty one. Raiders right. of the Lost Ark. Right. So there was no um, parental guidelines at that time for mm-hmm. Raiders of the Lost Ark, and. LucasArts wanted to sell products for it, mm-hmm. but because there was no age limit on it, they couldn't say that it was a. Well, I think it was like more geared to adults. Like the age range was gearing it towards adult because there's yeah. things in it. So they actually created PG. Oh. PG thirteen. 
Oh, that's interesting. Because they wanted to sell Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh. Merchandise. Oh my god, so many like pieces of film kind of history has been born out of wanting to sell merchandise, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I love so it. The whole, like, well, obviously Star Wars isn't oh, um, god, yeah. as bad um, for having to create your own guidelines <laughs> for mm-hmm. what you can and can't watch at a certain age. So this is where, that's why that whole like 90s like things like spoofs and stuff like that because you could get away with making it a 15 instead of an 18 mm-hmm. and everything like that and that's why I think you've got more categories mm. and stuff like that by the time it's the 80s and stuff like that because LucasArts literally made it that way mm. <laughs> because they wanted to sell bloody toys ah George Lucas and then there was another thing that I was going to add, and now I can't remember it. Oh, Blair Witch. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you... I don't know if you know anything about Blair Witch. Not much. Um, But the, for the ending, where, like, they, like, are meant to have seen the thing, mm-hmm. apparently... Well, no, not even apparently. This is true. They had a guy dress up in, like, long stockings, <laughs> and he just, like, popped out of nowhere and like started chasing them but like they all shot themselves so much when they were filming that none of them captured it on their cameras <laughs> so that's why you never see it because they never captured it and obviously you can't do a retake of that yeah of course so literally they missed out the whole point of the film mm. I mean, in a way. Which has probably think... made it, like, a good thing. Because if somebody, like, zoomed in on that nowadays, it'd be like, no. That's terrible. That's yeah. Let's end things off with your spooky story that you're terrified of, then. It's more so because it's, like, on... Well, not even... Well, it's got... So it's the dark-eyed children. Well, the black-eyed children. Oh, mm. it, like, makes me ill. I mean, this is like years ago that I heard this, and I have a feeling it was either BuzzFeed, of course, <laughs> or, or the or producer a, of nightmares, BuzzFeed, or a YouTuber that no longer exists. Oh, she, <laughs> that's a scary start to the story. <laughs> no, like she still exists as a human being, but like she no longer uses the channel. Like it's still up, but yeah, she 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 can't she can't be on her channel anymore like like it depressed her so much that she can't be on it anymore because like she did like a lot of like missing cases and like these were like really old cases or like cases that will probably never be solved and like i think like there's like over 200 cases that she oh that's rough so like and like some of them like like some of them are kids some of them are adults and stuff like that and like knowing like how they died and stuff like that like it's not great i'm just waiting for somebody to come around the corner of like my flat now like because like my bedroom doors are open and i'm just like expecting somebody to come like and go like peekaboo and like oh no see this this was a bad decision by us like nobody else is going to be scared but like i'm fucking terrified these black eyed children anyway um I don't want. I don't want to like have to explain like the full story. But what I remember is that they come in pairs. 
I don't know why I feel like they've got black hair. Like, I feel like they look like the girl out of the ring. Mm-hmm. Basically, they come in pairs. Oh, I feel sick thinking about it. Um, <laughs> from the accountant of this guy, and I don't know if it's a story in general or, like, it actually happened to him, but he was in the car park of some place, and he was, like, quite far out of the car park, so nothing else was around him, and these kids knocked on his window mm. to ask to come in. And, like, you have to let them in for them to be able... To, it's kind of like vampires. Oh, yeah. I think about it. Uh, oh, I'm just expecting, like, them to pop up. And, like, I can see them, like, in my, like, mind vision. And it's, oh, like, I mean imagination, but, like, mind vision. Oh. <laughs> You've heard of television. You've wanted smell-o-vision. But have you heard of mind vision? Like, I'm going to have to, like rewatch like Shane's new documentary series that's only just started coming out to like calm myself down it's like three hours worth of content already like I need to watch oh, God, it okay but if you ignore them and don't let them in they like basically like scream like bloody murder until you let them in like they plead and plead and plead and like they can like catch up with you and stuff like that until you let them in uh. oh, oh like I'm not going any further than that like like, there's, like, full-blown stories if you feel like doing that. Like, oh, God. And somebody's just opened a door in the fucking... Oh, no. <sighs> I'm sorry. This was a bad... We should have just done the episode on Glow like we were intending. And then at a normal time of day, we would have recorded our spook fest. Why am I such a fucking idiot? Oh... <laughs> <laughs> uh... Like, my dog's just sitting here, like, not even sitting, like, sleeping here happily, and here I am, like, I'm not even going to say it, like, because, like, I feel sick. <sighs> to be fair, though, there has been a massive party going on downstairs in flat 1-1, and, oh, this flat, has, this flat has been wild. At odd times of the day, like, I mean, odd times of the day, like, mega odd times of the day, like, mm-hmm. beginning of the day, kind of odd times of the day, like, 2 p.m., <laughs> like when I take Edie out like music is like blaring and I can hear sex <laughs> like there's always like different music blaring out of it and like some of it's good and like a lot of it's just gash and then like today like I was like oh my god somebody's like really going for it like singing and then I realised they had a full blown party going in their, going on in their flat Wow. And then somebody started singing my way, and like they couldn't <laughs> at all, like at all. And I don't know why they had the confidence to be that loud. Like I don't get it. Fun fact about karaoke: My oh, way is the most dangerous karaoke song. People. Hmm. I said leading cause of people. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most dangerous karaoke song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, people have died yeah, performing you get it. it. Yeah. yeah, because if people laugh, then they take it very seriously, especially in some, like, Asian countries where it's a bit more popular. And yeah, they just get killed. Yeah, like, if like, you sing people... it, you'll get killed. If you laugh at it, you'll get killed. It's mental, isn't it? Like, yeah, if you don't sing it well, you get killed. If you sing it too well, you get killed. Just don't sing my way yeah, in karaoke. Yeah, and that's um, our buttery buttery honk honk piece of advice. Don't perform my way. 
Just don't do it. I think I'd sing Jolene. Jolene is a good one. Yeah, I've just learned the lyrics. <laughs> oh, have you? Yeah, I, I had no idea what she was saying. <laughs> like, you know, like, when she's like, uh, your beauty is beyond compare with flame and locks of auburn hair. Mm-hmm. And then I thought it was, I I thought it was Irish skin. <laughs> okay. I, I, Irish skin. I know it's eyes of emerald green, but it's Irish skin and something of evergreen. Like, I thought it was evergreen. Like, someone was pointing out that Jolene, like, the second, well, the first verse, it sounds like Dolly has a thing for Jolene. Oh, yeah, completely. And I'm like, yes, because someone's like, ah, Jolene is a bisexual anthem. I'm like, oh, I will claim it. (laughs) I feel like, well, I totally see that, but I totally think it's, like, seething jealousy. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, but yeah, I totally get that. Wait a second. I think that's probably how she meant it to be be but um yeah i'm still gonna claim it for representation <laughs> i love how we're ending our spook fest episode on um dolly parton <laughs> the hall queen <laughs> with I- irish skin <laughs> now i know it's emerald green that but it was like Everald Green or something like that. Like, I knew it was green, but I was like, Everald? I was like, yeah, that, that's right. <laughs> uh-huh. Smell like a oh, breath of spring. I, thi- I, I think I knew your smile is like a breath of spring, but I think I think it was your smile is like... I don't think it was a breath of spring, but I don't even think it was breath. I think it was like breath of your, voice, your smile is like breathless, and then your voice. Oh, shit. Your Irish skin <laughs> and eyes of emerald green. Your smile is like a breathless. <laughs> <laughs> Let me try again. It's hot. What's, what's her voice like? What's Jolene's voice like then? Black summoning. <laughs> like black summoning. I cannot compete with you, Jolene. <laughs> <laughs> like, I listened to it so many times this week, and then I read the lyrics for the first time, and I was like, oh my god, that makes so much sense. And then I was like, what was I singing? Because I think I like sung along to it three times to make sure I knew the lyrics <laughs> because I was like how is she able to fit all the syllables into that short session <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's why my brain was like black summoning like <sighs> and I was singing it like that and like even like none of my family told me off <laughs> that's the scary part <laughs> And sometimes when Finn was playing it on guitar, like I just I'd leave out that part. <laughs> Omitted. Like I, I would get to oh, your beauty's beyond compared with Irish skin. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, she is she is basically describing like a really pretty Irish kid, like Aww. which is actually what it sounds about. Like she saw like a cute little ginger. Oh, auburn hair. Yeah. Yeah, she saw a cute little ginger. And she was like, oh my god. 
you are a charmer. And then she wrote that song, basically. I mean, I ship Dolly with Jolene. I don't, because Jolene was, like, a small child. Oh, uh, was she? Yeah. She sounds yeah. like a woman in the song. Yeah, I think she aged it up. Yeah. <laughs> like you do in The Sims. Gonna <laughs> burst the cake out and just make them blow out the candles. So we're all just living in Dolly Parton's Sim world, and we're just gonna have to be okay with that. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Yeah, <laughs> l- that, I mean, that's the perfect way to end this uh, spooky episode, I think. <laughs> because Megan doesn't know the lyrics to Julie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Persephone's going back to the underworld because it is the end of Black Summering. <laughs> Oh, oh god another chaotic episode is finished um if you want to yell at us about all of the lyrics that um we don't know clearly you can do so at uh bb honk honk on twitter mm-hmm. um if you want to console me after i tried to edit this like two hour long episode um, <laughs> you can you can hit me up at Penguin Gone Mad if I'm still living. <coughs> to be fair, by the time you hit the Jolene part, you'll be like, hallelujah. Yes, I will be like, the end is near. Jolene will save me. Like um, <laughs> but hopefully, we're going to be back in a couple of weeks' time. It won't be like three months again. Yeah, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>